1: You're listening to the Jason Greger show presented by playalberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense, stay within your limit, go to gamesense.ab.ca and learn more. Now maybe I'm wrong and I love a good story, but I just, to me, when you're in the AHL that long, I just don't see how Calvin Pickard would be the answer for me long-term for the Edmonton owners to be the backup for um, Stuart Skinner. What say you?
0: It's fair um certainly fair comment uh you'd think you'd get an opportunity by this point but we've seen other guys sort of you know be down there for a long time and sometimes like I think one of the things that that Cal does really well is reads the game and your reads in the AHL where we know it can be a little less structured of a league Jason you know there's a lot more sort of mistakes it's a league of mistakes for a goaltender so the reads can be that much more difficult and I have seen guys sort of come up later in their career and it's like man, like he's really good or they'll have success guys. We never thought would have success. Uh, And yet is it the level of success you would pin Stanley cup aspirations to? And I think that's the question in Edmonton, right? Like, Hey, a guy who can be found money and fill in and win us some games is great. But is it a guy we're going to turn to and take a look at what Vegas and how many different guys they had to turn to in the playoff run. But is it a guy we're going to turn to in a pinch in the Stanley cup playoffs? And that's, you know, in some ways, The questions you need to ask in Edmonton are a little different. Um, You're not, you know, sort of scrounging the waiver wire or looking for alternatives that are stopgaps, right? Like you want somebody who can be an option not only now, but potentially in the postseason. And that, you know, honestly, it's a different question. It's a tougher question to answer in a lot of ways, but it's definitely a different question. And when it comes to to, to Pickard, you know, I... I think there's a little more, more uncertainty about whether he can be a stopgap guy now versus can he be an option come Stanley Cup playoffs. But certainly, if he could prove over a period here he's capable in the short term, it gives you a better feeling about what that answer might be in the long term.
1: I think he could help, but to me, the orders have 50 days to figure out their goalie situation. They've got a very easy schedule in January, only 11 games. They only play eight games against teams in the playoffs. And two of those teams are Philly and Nashville. So they're not playing the juggernauts of the league. So can you get by with some guys till then? Sure. But, uh, term, I don't, uh, I, to me, I w I, if I'm the GM or the president in a year where the orders want to go deep, it's not somebody I'd be betting on. Um, Carolina put Ranta on, on waivers. Uh, he cleared. He's in the minors now, although they don't even have their own AHL affiliate. So we'll see how much playing time he gets. But what do you think his path is to getting back? And uh, is is that somebody they, would they even consider relying on him? Because his problem is more so when he's, when he's healthy, he's fine up until this year, but usually he's banged up and that's the problem.
0: Yeah, there's that problem. And then there's the other one. And that's kind of what we've seen this year, at least to an extent. If he's your 1B He's great. And listen, this is – i it's hard to sort of couch this, but the reality is often uh, when he's healthy, when he's asked to be the guy for prolonged stretches, even if he can stay healthy, that's when we sort of see him fade, right? And so with Freddie Anderson there to be the guy, he was exceptional at times in Carolina as, as sort of plan B. But when Freddie goes out with the blood clots and all of a sudden you've got to be the guy, for whatever reason – Uh, The pressure that comes with that expectation, the numbers just haven't been there. Now I'd like to add a caveat because I was looking at his numbers and Carolina is a strange one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of the metrics are good, but the one that jumps out at the page and stop me. If you've heard this before Oilers fans rush chances against not as bad as Edmonton was at the start of the year, but 24, certainly not the defensive juggernaut that we're sort of used to thinking of the Carolina hurricanes as being, they give up a fair amount off the rush. And Auntie Ranta's expected save percentage on the year as they send him down, Jason, was 863, the second lowest in the National Hockey League. Only Eric Comrie has a lower one. So listen, he was out underperforming it, and you can outperform a bad save percentage or a bad expected. He wasn't. You can outplay a bad environment. He wasn't. He wasn't close. Even here in Vancouver, he made some saves uh, against the Canucks where you're like, wow, great highlight, real save. But when you looked at it, it was just hitting him like he was behind the play. Uh, The reads really didn't seem to be trusting what was going on in front of him, making some strange reads. He was not where he needed to be with his game. So, again, the caveat exists, tough environment, but he needed to be better. I don't know if you look at that and all those things, kind of like we had this conversation about Jack Campbell before they signed him. There's just too many red flags there. Right? Yeah. Like, hey, could Antti Ranta be a great goalie if he's number two to Stuart Skinner? Yes. What if we need him in the playoffs to carry the load for a month? There's not a lot of history that suggests he's going to step up to the plate in those moments. And I hate to say that because he's one of the game's best guys, but we've got enough bodies of work now, including this year, that that's a fair question to ask.
1: Kevin Woodley from Ingole Magazine and NHL.com joins us. Uh, the LA Kings suddenly may be in the market for a backup uh, with Copley.
0: Yeah, and, and LTIR. Uh, for Phoenix Copley, who's struggled this year. And in talking to some of the people around there, um, it's believed that this is, a bit of, this is a bit about the goaltending coach change, right? Like Cam Talbot comes into a good defensive environment and a new voice. They hired Mike Buckley as their goaltending coach. So a new voice for him. But it was, it was going to be new regardless. Phoenix mm-hmm. Copley, Bill Ranford moves upstairs to uh, the director of goaltending. Mike Buckley's there in the day-to-day. And there are a few things he wants his, go- his goalies to do differently. And it's been a bigger adjustment for Phoenix. So they still believe he can be the guy. But missing more than a month. And now he's going to come back sort of probably you know mid to late January at best. And what condition? There are some questions there. But I think the first guy that gets a chance to answer them will be David Riddick. And we know what the potential of David Riddick has always been because he has these ability to make these fantastic saves, but kind of much like Ranta, when games are tight, when games are on the line, his numbers fall off a cliff. This is a great defensive team. Give him a run, see if he can be the guy, the potential guy, for long enough, and maybe you don't need to invest assets in a backup plan because Coppoli will be back. But I think, again, because of what we saw in Vegas, because of what we're seeing around the league, you know you need three. Riddich was there in case of emergency break glass guy in the American League, and now they don't have that behind him um, if something were to happen to either two. So because it's LTIR, because it's long-term, I wouldn't be surprised if they go looking, but I don't know that they're in a rush.
1: Aiden Hill, Jake Ottinger, Joseph Wall, all added to the uh, injury list. Uh, What's going on here and uh, how concerned and which one of those injuries should be the most concerning?
0: Probably Joseph Wall because he was top 10, uh, adjusted numbers, expe- uh, sort of goals saved above expected by ClearSight Analytics when he went down. He'd been really good for the Maple Leafs. I'm not entirely sure he was getting the credit he deserved, and I know that's almost impossible. Like, it's Toronto, right? Like, if there's a good story, the rest of the country gets to hear about it. Um, but he has been really good for them. So losing him long-term, high ankle sprain and injury that you may be able to come back from, but you're not fully recovered from and the nature of the demands on that area in terms of reverse VH and some of these positions that goalies get themselves into, that one brings a lot of question marks, especially with Ilya Samsonov scuffling this year behind him. So to me, that's the one with the biggest potential. But when you look at how he did it, sort of going into the post in a reverse, not hitting it cleanly and then pushing off of it, now this takes me back to a conversation with Robin Lehner a few years ago about the nature of that technique and how much stress it puts on the ankles, Uh, Even above the hips and knees, like the ankles are an area that gets hammered. You combine that with skates that have never been stiffer. You've heard me talk about how some of these skates have no give to them, and that's by design. Goalies changing their sharpening because they feel so connected to the ice that they don't need a deeper edge. But, man, when when, when there's no lost energy, it's all got to go somewhere. It tends to go up the chain, knees, hips. A lot of guys reporting a lot more soreness in that than they ever did before. And when there's no give in that boot – and you get caught in an awkward position, that's where you can end up with an ankle injury like Joseph Wall did. I, we don't know what Ottinger's is, but again, these, these appear to be soft tissue injuries. And I can't help but wonder if you know the lack of giving the skates is contributing to some of the injuries that we're seeing up that chain.
1: Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine, NHL.com joins us. Uh, Kevin, Mark andre Fleury didn't get the start tonight, and some people are, are like up in arms. Now, I'm not a goalie guy. This is not his first visit to Pittsburgh. So, and and I think I'm pretty normally, uh, you know, a sentimental guy. I think this is, you know, there's overblowing that he could still play again next year. It's not a lock that he's retiring for sure. But Gustafson's played great his last three games. Minnesota's only 500. They need to win. And uh, as well as Fleury played against Edmonton, he still only had a 900. Now it's not his fault. The orders played well in that game, but. What, what do you make of this uh, for Flurry? Uh, you know, he, he didn't seem to be that bothered by it. He was like, yeah, I'm disappointed, but hey, I get to play tomorrow. And we need, you know, the other guys playing great. So
0: what do you make of this? Okay, so I'll throw the caveat there that I hadn't had a chance to see his comments on it. Um, you know, I, I don't know that he loves these moments necessarily uh, in terms of, you know, I mean, you see even the results. As much as he loves sort of the environment and being embraced and, and like that side of the moment, I don't mm-hmm. know that he's always performed well in these moments. I think okay. that first trip back, they hung five on him. Um, so if you're in the Minnesota wild, you're probably looking at that as well. Listen, I'm with you. And he even mentioned this when he came through town here and when I was sort of asking him questions about a thousand games and, and some of the big milestones and going back to Pittsburgh, like I, you know, this isn't necessarily his last, you know, there was a lot of hype around his last trip to Montreal and yeah, he had a lot of family. I think it's very possible that it could be, I think his health uh, and the nature of that will, will play a role. But in terms of Pittsburgh, like if we were looking at wish lists to wind down your career, accepting that you're a backup, like how about getting the band back together for Marc-Andre Fleury in Pittsburgh last year behind Tristan Jari as an option for him? Um, so I, I'm with you. I'm not sure this is his last trip to Pittsburgh. I think he could still play next year. If he doesn't, then maybe we'll see this as a missed opportunity for the crowd to celebrate him. But just because he isn't starting doesn't mean you can't celebrate him. Hell, that Luongo jersey over my left shoulder, yeah. uh, they, they didn't do right by it in Vancouver this week. They didn't put it in the rafters. They yeah. just put him in the ring of honor instead. And as you saw, the crowd celebrated him just fine.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's uh now speaking of Flurry, he's entering – his next milestone will be pretty big, Kevin. I think he's going to be the last goalie to reach it.
0: Yeah, no, uh, two of them, right? Like he's four wins shy of Patrick Waugh for second all time. And maybe somebody catches that, but man, a thousand games, uh-huh. uh, his next start tomorrow in Boston will be 997. There's only four members in that elusive list. It's Berger, uh, it's Patrick Waugh, it's Luongo as just mentioned. And I know how much that milestone meant to Roberto. And now it's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. And the more I sort of, I hadn't thought of this at the beginning, but, um, he could be the last one. There's a good chance. He's the last one. You start to do the math on even someone like Babrowski uh, as he's getting up there in age, like he's sort of one of the next on the list. He'd, he'd, have to play like 55 games for, I think it was another, I think I did the math like another eight or nine years. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, like even, even Andre Vasilevsky is one of the the few workhorses. Um, Connor Hellebuck, like these guys would all have to maintain sort of high fifties to, to low sixties per season paces, well into their 40s, to have a chance to catch Mark on to join that list at 1,000 games. He started in the league at 18. We don't see that anymore. He played in an era where workhorses would play 65-plus. We're not going to see that anymore. And he's continued to play up until this year when he was thrust into the backup role at a high level, warranting starter minutes into his high 30s. I just don't see in an age of job shares and tandems another guy hitting this mark.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, with you. One last one, quickly. Elvis Merslekins, you've talked a lot about studying. Is Merslekins' system style would it be a good fit in Edmonton?
0: I'm going to have to run some numbers on okay. that. Listen, I think there is untapped upside in Elvis Merslekins. I think there's a lot that's going on in his world in Columbus. Yes. We've talked John Gibson, right? We talked about guys who give him a fresh start behind a good team, and you could see great things. Um, Merslekins is one of those guys. I will say this as the Oilers improved defensively and asked for a little less of from their goaltenders. Yes. Elvis is a guy who's traditionally been at his best when he's busy. He does play an active style. And with that active style, unless you feel you can rein it in, in short order, which is why I'd want to make a move like this sooner rather than later, if that's what you're considering. It's, it's, it's one that can be prone to ups and downs, inconsistencies and mistakes. Cause you okay. just end up moving more. Okay. And so, you know, I have some questions there about whether that style would be a perfect fit for the Edmonton Oilers without a little more time to adapt to being a lot less busy than he certainly has been the last couple of years in Columbus. And that would be my biggest question. Tons of potential there, but you need somebody who can come in and be comfortable in that situation quickly. And there are at least a few question marks about how he prefers to play compared to how the Oilers defend since the coaching change that would have me wanting to dig a little deeper before being, you know, uh, completely sold on that
1: as a fit. Awesome stuff, Kev. That's why we have you on, man. I appreciate it. Have yourself a great week. And uh, actually, uh, we'll talk to you in a few weeks because it's uh, holidays the next few. So enjoy some time.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify.
2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: I'm off.
0: Uh, Jason, to you and all your listeners, I can't thank you enough for having me on every week. Have a fantastic Christmas, and we'll talk to you, I guess, early in the new year.